This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Pastor Michael, our question today has been posed by one of our listeners, and it says this. When the church split from Catholic and became Protestant during the Reformation, who is correct? And is Roman Catholicism considered a cult? Well, it depends on who you're talking to, number one. Um, And uh, let's pick a build a big picture here, okay? Yes. Uh, Protestants, we'll define that in a moment, but um, Protestants are much harder on Catholics, I think, than Catholics are, are on Protestants. Generally, I agree. So in the in the Protestant circles, this is a normal question, is Roman mm-hmm. Catholicism a cult? So here's what I want to do. I want to um, answer the first question, which is, um, who is correct? Um, and then what I want to do is dive into the idea of what is a cult. Um, so number number one, um, the Reformation. For our listeners, this may be a new concept, but um, in the we'll say 16th century, um, there was a growing movement of discontent with some of the major doctrines and practices of what is known as the Roman Catholic Church. Um, there are a few practices in particular that really stuck out, okay, and a few individuals who spearheaded, uh, we'll say, this Reformation. That's right. And most importantly and most well-known would be Martin Luther, mm-hmm. where the Lutherans came from. Uh, and so the one huge, big, um, uh, scary, hairy, whatever issue had to do with apostolic succession. And then out of that came other issues like uh, authority. Um, what is the uh, final authority for doctrine and practice in the church? Um, and then out of that became further issues of how does somebody get saved, which is a huge question mm-hmm. because if you give the wrong That's answer, right. then people may end up in hell. So you can see why these are big issues. So apostolic succession very simply means this, that um, Rome believes that there is one successor to the apostles, particularly Peter, Peter. who would be the chief of the apostles, if you will, um, what we now know is the Pope. Okay. Yes. And so they would look back and they would draw apostolic succession. There was one point leader chosen by the church um, in succession um, from the very, very first apostle, uh, we'll say the leader, Peter, mm-hmm. all the way to the modern day. So they're all um, in apostolic succession. And so there were huge issues that came from this because the, the popes, if you will, um, exercised incredible amount of authority in terms of changing church practices, even um, Um, helping to evolve and not in a good way for the most part, many major church doctrines. Right. And, um, and so, um, one of the the big, huge implications that came out of this is who is our authority? Mm-hmm. Who makes the final decisions? If you're a Protestant, we protested, if you will, mm-hmm. against the Roman Catholic view. The Roman Catholic view is there are three primary authorities for doctrine and practice. Number one, of course, is the Bible. They believe the Bible is inerrant, authoritative, it's the Word of God, etc. But the question is who gets to interpret and then apply the Bible and contextualize it, okay? Mm-hmm. So um, this is where the second aspect came in, which is church tradition, meaning um, there are a set of early church pastors and leaders who wrote major doctrines or early popes, if you will, who were in the apostolic succession, um, who wrote and formed much of the interpretation and understanding of Scripture. Because as we know, 
there can be multiple interpretations and applications of a single text. Sometimes you can put a Bible in 10 different people's hands and uh, 10 different people will come up with 10 different meanings. And so in their effort to protect against the masses misinterpreting um, the true intention of Scripture, they solidified um, the authority to interpret and to apply um, to tradition. And then number three, magisterium. Don't get lost mm-hmm. in the word magisterium. It just means um, papal authority. Yes. So um, you have the Bible, tradition, and magisterium or the papal authority mm-hmm. in apostolic succession. So if you're a Roman Catholic, this is a very common thing for you. And so what happens when the Bible clearly teaches something different than tradition or magisterium? Who at the end of the day wins? Now, the Protestants, we, I mean, I'm a Protestant, so go figure, but um, we came in and said, no, there is one authority. It's the Bible. Popes err. Tradition errs. Humans err. But the Bible is our sole authority. And the Roman Catholics retort and say, well, whose interpretation? The interpretation should be left to those who are in apostolic succession. And then the Protestants or the Reformers said, there's no such thing as apostolic succession. That itself is church tradition. That's not biblical. Nowhere in the Bible did Peter hand off a key leadership role in the church to his successor. Like, so you can start to see how this just goes back and forth and gets really, you know, confusing. Um, all of this comes down to apostolic succession, which um, we'll say uh, influenced what the authority of the church is. And then what we found is as they talked about salvation, church tradition, and then and the popes um, started to shift away from the clear teaching of what the Bible says about salvation. So by the time we get to the 16th century, history lesson almost over, I'm Martin Luther, and I'm sitting here, and I'm looking at the evolution of doctrine over 16 or 1500 years, and it seems that what the popes and the tradition are teaching are different than what the Bible says. So, for example, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, we are saved by grace through faith, not by works. It's just that simple. And yet, if you were to sit down with the Roman Catholic of the day, they would say, no, you were saved by faith and by works and through sacraments. Well, you can't just add to that. And so the, the reformers, the Protestants, the protesters were like, you can't do that. Here's what the Bible, here's what the Bible teaches. So um, who's right, the Protestants or the Catholics? Well, I am obviously having heavily inclined to say the Protestants are correct. If you're a Roman Catholic and you're listening to this, um, you are listening probably with a grain of salt because um, you're like, mm, can I really can I really trust him? Why is his interpretation better than another pastor doing some Q&A podcast? And, and here's what I have found with most Roman Catholics. When you take what the clear teaching of the Bible is on salvation and you put it next to the Vatican statements on salvation, the two are almost totally incompatible. Right. Almost completely um, not able to go together. Now, thankfully, they both believe salvation is through Jesus. They have, we both have a huge view of who Jesus is. But how the forgiveness of sins is applied to my personal spiritual account is very different. The Protestant says, I'm saved by faith alone. That's it. And the Catholic says, no, you're saved by faith and good works through sacraments that your good works need to accrue and you need to, quote, fill up what is lacking in the sacrifice of Christ. So um, 
the the Reformation had five primary like cries, right? And these were the five things that all the reformers were like, these this is our battle cry. Okay, number one, sola scriptura, mm-hmm. um, scripture, scripture alone. alone. Um, the Bible is our sole authority. Martin Luther said this: unless I am convinced by scripture and plain reason, I do not accept the authority of the popes and the councils, for they have contradicted each other. My conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and I will not recant anything for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. God help me. Amen. And he said this in a council where he was being accused of heresy. And uh, he said, basically, no, my authority is the Bible alone and not a Pope, not a council because the popes and councils uh, contradict the scriptures. Number two, cry. Sola gratia. I'm, I'm not Latin, but that's my person. Um, by grace alone. Salvation is all the working of God. I don't add to it. It is 100% God. Sola fide. Uh, by faith alone. The way that salvation is um, uh, given to me is not by my good works, but by me trusting in Jesus by faith. Solas Christas. I like the, yeah. the rolling of my R. I don't know if that's really there, but I like it. <laughs> In Christ alone, and thankfully the Catholics and the um, uh, Protestants mostly agree on this, but this was a response to through the church alone. And the and the Protestants were like, no, it's through Jesus. And they would say the two are basically the same. And so the Protestants were trying to emphasize the person of Jesus Christ and uh, not necessarily the Roman Catholic Church. And then finally, soli deo gloria, for the glory of Mm-hmm. of God alone. So um, that's a little bit about the Protestants and the Catholics. You can see some of those differences. We're clearly a Protestant church, a village church. Um, we do not believe in tradition or magisterium as authorities over our life. We learn from them because they're a part of our church history, um, but they do not determine our doctrine and our practice, um, although they are helpful to understand why we got to where we're at. Is Roman Catholicism a cult? Hmm. Mm. Okay. So I'm just going to be sensitive for a moment. A, a cult, very simple. I'm going to make, I'm going to break it down to its most simple definition. A cult is anything that masquerades as truth, but changes the truth about salvation. So um, a cult would be something that gives the appearance of Christianity, but changes the way that someone gets saved so that if somebody tries to get saved in that way, it won't work. Okay, mm-hmm. It's sort of like I look at you and say, salvation is on the other side of this river. And here is a raft for you to take with an engine and we'll get you over there. And you get in it and then it sinks right away and you die. Okay, mm-hmm. It's masquerading as something that can get you to the other side. But if you actually use it, it's not going to work. No. Okay, And um, so I-, I will just say this. I'm not going to... Um, I'm not going to say it's a cult. It's not a cult because not all Roman Catholics are created equally. Like I can talk to 10 or 50 or 100 different Roman Catholics and there are some people who will say, no, I um, love the Roman Catholic Church. I just don't accept their doctrine of of salvation. Okay, that's fine. Um, I'll just say this. Salvation is always and only through faith alone. And if you try adding to that, that's not real Mm -hmm. faith. Faith is abandonment of my good works and trust in the sole work of Jesus on the cross in my behalf. If I die and I stand before God and I and he says to me, why should I let you in? And I say, well, I believe in you and I'm a good person. I have a hunch he's going to look at you and say, um, turn around. The door to hell is right behind you. Mm. 
because that is personally offensive. You look at Jesus who literally bore the full weight of God's wrath on his body, soul, and emotions, and you say, that's not good enough. Um, I'm going to add to that. It's offensive. It's not the way it works. Go before any king of the universe and tell him that what he did wasn't good enough for you and you could do it better or you Mm. could add to it. Not going to, just not going to work. So, um, and this is, this is why um, Paul in the New Testament, when he's talking to the Jewish Christians who want to go back to the um, Jewish, uh, we'll just say law, he basically says, when you do this, you're trampling the blood of Christ Um, and you are, you're severed, you're done. Like if you go back to works, if you come before God, relying on any religious system or any works or any sacramental system, if you rely on that. You were severed from Christ. You mm-hmm. cannot have Christ in law. You cannot have Christ and then also rely on your good works. Now, I know that's harsh, and I'm not trying to be like mean. I'm just passionate about this because this is the Jewish issue that is dealt with so much in the New Testament, and it's just recapitulated again in so many versions of Christianity, um, even some subversions in evangelicalism that are just so concerning for me is anybody who adds works loses it. Mm -hmm. And that's the hard part. So is it a call? It's not even the right question. It's unnecessarily inflammatory. Here's what I want to ask you. Have you trusted in Jesus? Are you relying on your good works? If you are, you have missed the whole point and you will not get salvation. That's not biblical faith. Biblical faith is abandonment of my good works. Salvation by grace, from God, through faith, that is how it's given to me. And then you'll respond and say, well, then what's the rule of good works? Mm -hmm. We do good works not to earn God's love, but because we are loved. That's right. It is the result of salvation and not the cause. Right. And listeners, just so that we're clear, we're not saying that all Catholics belong to a cult. What we're saying is that just Tim is, by the way, not me, <laughs> just him. I'm kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> but what we're saying is traditionally the Roman Catholic Church says by faith plus works plus the sacraments in order to re- attain salvation. Yep. And I know many Catholics that say, you know what? I know my Catholic Church. I know what they teach. But what I believe is in Jesus and Jesus Christ and his death on the cross for my sins. And that alone is what I'm depending on. Yep. So, yep. yeah, there's there's a tricky as my final thought mm-hmm. here. And then we're, we got to We got to close this down, Tim. They got to go to work. <laughs> OK, so there's what Rome teaches. That's right. Then there is what the Christian will say the Roman Catholic continental expression of that is, for example, in the South America, you have heavy Mariology mm-hmm. that does not exist yes. in other parts of the world. Uh, and then there are um, regional expressions of this. And uh, it is not fair to say all Roman Catholics believe X or all Roman Catholic churches teach X uh, because the Roman Catholic church is divided as is the Protestant church Mm -hmm. on many of these large issues. And in the same way that I'm not going to sweepingly articulate um, one, we'll just say thing about every Roman Catholic church or even every Roman Catholic region or continent or whatever. In the same way, I'm going to look at a lot of Protestants and say, I have the same issues, but they're expressed differently in a lot of the Protestant churches, not all, but some. So, you know, I just, I I don't really want to pick on anybody. I, I want to pick at anybody who adds works to eternal life to salvation. That's what I want to pick on.
Listeners, thanks for joining us today. Do us three favors. Number one, go to our church website, vcob.org, and click on that link that says Q&A Podcast. There'll be a place there for you to submit your question. Second, make sure that you share this podcast with a friend or family member. And as we say, Michael, a foe. A foe. And third, be sure to rate and review this by going to the iTunes store. Thanks for joining us today. And join us next time when we answer the question, what should the Christian response be when a celebrity like Prince passes away? Prince passes away.